Ah, Once Upon a Podcast. Do you remember stories when you were a youngster? Of course, yes. Right, okay. See, I'm thinking back to when I was a tiny baby and Mm -hmm. my parents reading me a lovely story. But never on air have I improvised a story (laughs) in front of you all. I'm so excited. Welcome to the show! Jennifer, welcome to the show. We are back. Thank you. We, we are. We've are... been a bit absent recently. We have. We? We've travelled up and down the country. We're now back at home. And we are very excited today. We why, hope why are you... Why? I'll tell you why. Why are you excited? Because tell me. Because today... We have the great pleasure of introducing you to an extremely talented actor, writer, director. Do we have a guest? We do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Can I finish now? Yeah, all right, mate. An extremely talented actor, writer, director, Uh podcast creator. Love it. And might I mention, championship air guitar person. He's a championship air guitar person. I did yes. not know He's this. He's a championship air guitar champion, Mr. Peter Chalella. <laughs> welcome, Pete. Thank you. Sir Peter, welcome to the show, my man. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I Just to clarify, I, I came in third in, in uh, Los Angeles. In <laughs> was, it, was it just an LA championship or was it? Uh, to- At that at that point, it was it was the first or it was like the second or third year of it. Uh, the first year I did not place. So I did it for three years when it first started back in the early aughts. And so at that point, I think it was like a regional thing. And then it, it opened up to like more and more cities. The whole thing started in Finland and then it caught on in America and That's amazing. Um, are there any videos anywhere that we can we can look well, up? <laughs> There's a documentary called Air Guitar Nation that is actually, it's a really good documentary. It's about the first year. I did not place that year, but I'm interviewed very briefly. Oh, my and... God. <laughs> Where can we find this said documentary? I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's Air Guitar Nation, and it follows the winner, C. Diddy, who won in L.A., which was like the American championship, and then he made it all all the way to Finland. You can find it on YouTube. I'm I'm barely in that, and you won't recognize me because I'm under the assumed name Clayton Sweeney, and I'm wearing a wig. <laughs> Sorry, did you have a pseudonym as an air guitarist? I did. I had a whole backstory. Oh my god! But yeah. anyway, I mean, yeah. I I think this is fantastic, but it's also funny that this is the first thing we're talking about because obviously Pete is a man <laughs> of many talents, and not only is Pete our first male guest. But he's also our first American guest on the show. Correct. How exciting is that, y'all? I'm honoured. And a secret <laughs> bit of info for all the listeners out there. Pete is also, as you can probably tell by our witty repartee, is that Pete is a very good friend of ours and lives a mere five doors down in Los Angeles. So, Pete, please remember to take my trash out on Friday because I always forget. <laughs> Will do. Will do. Your gate still gets stuck. <laughs> Does it really? Does it really? How annoying. So I can see here on Jen's notes that on IMDb... Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no, I've not got there yet. You don't have to do them in order. Yes, I do, because I'm... I'm Oh, my gosh, right. Right, do you remember, all the listeners back there, do you remember when I had my clipboard and people were... (laughs) 
writing in, telling telling me that they also have a clipboard to do their kind of thing. Jen just has a silly sheet that she's just printed it's, out. It's a perfectly usable sheet. Yeah, but you need a clipboard, mate. Very interesting mm. information about Pete. So I have loose paper. I do too. We're, we're very similar, you oh, and I, Pete. Whatever works. Clipboard. So you've had so many different and interesting jobs over the years, Pete. <laughs> But I know that one of them was an advert with... Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That was, uh, that was one of my first big commercial jobs. And they, it was for Tiger Beer. Other beers are available. And, uh, and they flew myself and two other American actors to New Zealand for a week to shoot this. Oh, wow. And it's not a bad gig, is it, mate? Oh, no. And we had time off. There was one day where we had a day off and myself and another one of the actors who I'm still very good friends with, we took a ferry from Auckland to a small island off the coast. And then we hired some random dude in a van to drive us around to different wineries. I remember you telling us about this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. Um, and I fell in love with New Zealand. And we actually, Kelly and I, that's where we had our honeymoon because I was like, I, we got to go back. We got to see the South because I was just in Auckland. And yeah, New Zealand's amazing. It was apparently my dad said that it made him feel like he could almost be religious. It was such a beautiful yeah. landscape. Yeah. And Do that know, says yeah. quite a lot coming from my dad. Every so often in our industry, you get a golden ticket job mm-hmm. oh, like that. God. Right. I yeah. remember one which is quite it's a it's a really popular job amongst actors in Britain. It's like a crime drama comedy type show called Death in Paradise, right? That's on the BBC Mm -hmm. over here. Now, this throughout the acting industry in England is known as chef's kiss, the (laughs) job to get. And I'll tell you why. And I've done an episode of this. And I've also met a good friend of mine, Raza Jaffrey. We're still great friends. I met him on that show as well. And so basically the gig is it's set in Guadeloupe, right? Which is not an easy place to get to. Therefore... Mm -hmm. The commitment of the job for that episode is like three and a half weeks, but you're only filming for like three or four days because they can't fly you in and out. They keep you in the hotel, they say three or four days, and the rest of the time is totally yours. Now, what's really funny throughout anyone I've spoken to who's done an episode of Death in Paradise (laughs) has said the same thing, is that, Pete, you know all about continuity when it comes to shooting a show. And these people are having their days off and they're coming back and they've got all this massive tan. <laughs> oh, no. They've been surfing or They've whatever. been surfing or going on boat trips and stuff like that. It's just <laughs> Anyway, insane. I remember him doing that job and he came back. Oh, you were so happy. You'd had such a brilliant time. Oh, the best. But, Before. you know, those those golden ticket jobs. So the, the Tiger Beer commercial ran... Did it run nationwide or worldwide? I think it aired... In Singapore. Wow. Because it's a Singapore beer, beer, Mm -hmm. right? I think they're based in Singapore. The crew and the director was from London, like everybody. It was when they were throwing around crazy money at commercials to unknown actors, right? In the early 2000s. I mean, I flew a lot of different places. I mean, it it was like a boom time. And then celebrities then started to do American commercials and non union work came in and it all changed (laughs) but it was fun while it lasted 
You can ask your question now if you want, Chris. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> I've seen this film on IMDb. You can check this out under Peachalella's page. Dementia. I've Pete, not seen it. Can you tell it. us about it? Can we rewind and not talk about that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Why? So tell us about your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that looked amazing. Hang on, I want to know why. Yeah. Did you watch Dementia? Yes. I didn't, no. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was brilliant. Where I play like where I play like the dad of Hassie Harrison who's mm-hmm. on Yellowstone. Yes. <laughs> I think I came in at the last minute to replace another actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, yeah, you're gonna play the dad of uh Hassie Harrison, who's very talented lovely actress uh she's on she's on yellowstone now um and our age i mean i'm older but i'm not old enough to be her dad at the time i mean i think we shot this like eight years ago it's a real kind yeah. of seminal so, moment in in your career yeah. isn't it when you when you get that first dad role <laughs> well you would only be like 39 or something yes yeah, so she was like 22 and i was like 38 <laughs> yeah it was a bit too close so i mean technically she could be my daughter but I, I don't actually remember much from that shoot because prior to it, my lung had collapsed. What? And yeah, I had. Did did you never? Did I never tell yes, you this? I my, know I, this yeah, story. I think so. Hang on. What what year are we talking about here? This is oh, this is twenty fourteen. Yeah, it was twenty fourteen. We just moved into the house. I'm making coffee. I get this sharp pain like lower lung, but kind of like a gas pain, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, I just thought that's what it was. And, you know, went about my day and it started to get worse and I was having trouble breathing and I've had asthma. It's, you know, since I was a kid, but yeah. it's under control. But I called my doctor and this was like the day before Thanksgiving. And, um, and he's like, you better come in and get this checked. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. They did all these tests and then they sent me to Cedars. Long story short, my entire like right lung was at like 10% capacity. And uh, and so I was on a ton of painkillers because it's an incredibly painful procedure. They use a local anesthesia and they cut a hole between two of your ribs and they stick a tube in there oh, and it's pump it up again. It's all nerve and bone. There's no fat. It's like, and so I was on heavy doses of oxy and Dilaudid and I was out of it. And so I was still kind of recovering from that when I did dementia. <laughs> oh, oh my God. So I can't really tell you much about. Jeez, what yeah. was the recovery time for that? Well, I mean, you they send you home with a tube in. And what happens is the tube that is there to suck out all the air from your chest cavity that's crushing your lung down. And then once your lung heals itself, they just pull the tube out. Like with no what? anus, like they just, you go into the, the doctor. Wow. Oh my God, go, it sounds like Oop. a scene from Saw. <laughs> it is, it's it's gnarly. And so once that tube's out, the recovery is, is much faster. But, but yeah, it was painful. And then I lost a ton of weight. I asked the doctor, I was like, hey, so, you know, these opioids are making me a little fuzzy. The pain's gone away. I don't think I need them anymore. And he's like, yeah. He's like, you can totally quit cold turkey. I was like, okay, great. So I did. Oh. I went into full train spotting, withdrawal, night sweats, couldn't keep any food in my body. I mean, everybody knows you can't go cold turkey on things like that. Yeah. And I told him I was like, I was like, hey, doc, like I can't keep any food in my body. He's And he told me to eat some cheese to stop me up. That's what he said. <laughs> I was like, 
Okay. Thank you. Your your bedside manner uh, leaves a lot to be desired here. Oh I mean, god. come on, dude. Oh yeah. my god. Quick shout out to that doctor. Yeah. Are quick you, quick uh... shout out oh. to the American health system, uh, which you have to pay for, by the way. You have to pay for that advice. Oh. Don't even get me started. Yeah. Just keep stocking up on cheese, mate. You'll be all right. Anyway, oh. Pete. So after your recovery and after dementia, which we're not mentioning, um, you then well, you've done so many things as an actor, and then you moved through into directing, wrote and directed your own film, short film, didn't you? Called Occupant. I did. Yeah. So I I started, you know, I started getting. I've I've always been writing along the way. You know, between acting gigs, mm-hmm. I, I just needed to do something, right? And. So I started doing the writing. I was getting in bigger rooms um, and I was starting to make money as a writer. And and then I got frustrated because the things I was writing weren't getting made. So then I moved into directing because you just I needed to get something made. So with the help of uh, Rustic Films, which is my good friends, Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead, and Dave Lawson. And they've been directing and producing indie genre movies for the last 10 years. They did Resolution, the first film that I did with them. And that was their first film. They produced this short that, you know, I kicked my family out of the house for a night, sent them down to San Diego, and we took over the house and we just shot it overnight at the house it's brilliant thank you how long how long is it again it's brilliant it's under five minutes and this is what attracted me I it's mean... called occupant and it's on and it's on youtube you can find it on youtube yeah we'll put all the links to these things especially this five minute mm. thing we will won't we chris yeah won't well we? you'll do, you you do that won't we yeah you do all that bit. <laughs> <laughs> the royal we. Yes, exactly. Um, and then, of course, you are now doing what we do, which is producing and creating a fantastic podcast called One More Story. So we thought we would amalgamate today and we'd love to hear a little bit more about your podcast, Pete. Yeah, well... And who's your um, favourite guest that's ever been on it? <laughs> well, it's obviously Chris Gear. Obviously. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so... As you guys know, and I won't get in too into the weeds and the details of it, but I was supposed to direct my first feature in January. Mm -hmm. And through a series of unfortunate events that didn't happen at the last second. So I was pretty devastated. And then, you know, writer strike, actor strike. And, you you know, I, I realized I have this compulsive need to create. And I didn't want to just go back and write another spec script during all of this and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. So my daughter and I, and my son to, to a lesser extent, would often tell each other, well, I would tell them bedtime stories. They would give me a word prompt and I would have to improvise until they fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And so I got the idea. I was like, you know what? I should turn this into a podcast. And initially I was going to do it. It was just going to be myself. And I was like, well, no one's going to tune into that. And also I'm going to run out of, it's just going to get boring. And so I was like, okay, well, why don't I have a guest on every week? And we do an interview portion. And then we do two improvised stories. One is a, a story relay where... I'll riff for two to three minutes on a word that Mara, my daughter, still, she picks all the words. That's so cute. And uh, yeah, and so we'll riff back and forth, you know, for 10 to 15 minutes, maybe longer. And then my guest will do a solo story 
and I mix it all together, cut it all together, put some music underneath and hopefully lull some kids to sleep. But the, the interviews are, are for the parents and then, you know, the stories are for the kids. So it's been fun. It's such a brilliant concept because I've not heard or seen anything out there like that either. My point being that the interviews that you perform for the adults are really interesting and fascinating. And then as a bonus, you. you've got these these brilliant stories that no one's heard before, of course, because they're absolutely <laughs> totally made up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the kids can totally enjoy that. Yeah. And well, you've got a little bit of something for the for the parents and then a little bit yeah. of something for the kids. So it's, what it's we're very... going to do is we're actually going to... We are going to actually improvise a story oh, yes, today. yes, we are. But before that, Pete, before yeah. that, yeah. we want to bring you into our fold for a little bit. I'm excited. So we've got some segments that Chris and I do most weeks and we asked Pete which he'd prefer to do and he sent them over. So we thought we might start with, what grinds your gears, Pete? (laughs) Should we roll the jingle? Pete has to do this. Roll the jingle. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Tell me what's grinding your gears, mate. Tell me what's grinding your gears. Tell me what's grinding your gears, mate. All right. Tell us what's grinding your gears. So, Pete, tell us, what grinds your gears? Uh, there were there are a lot of things <laughs> to choose from. Uh, I actually had a little list. Do it. Run through it. When people say urinal, I think that's... <laughs> Urinal, because we said urinal in that. <laughs> sure, yard. I said that like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we t- that's why he's saying it. He's taking the Mickey. <laughs> it's called a callback in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good one. What's I wrong with it. the urinal? What do you call it? Urinal. Uh, he's from America, isn't he? Reg- America. I mean, I'll put up with the aluminium, but I mean, urinal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oregano. <No>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oregano. Is that what you call it? No. At the great risk of sounding like a complete jerk is people who do not take pride in their work. And I know you guys yes. have talked about yes. this with like yeah. the, the salad bar lady, yep. I think it was. People who yeah. phone it in, Pete. Phone it in. I understand in America why wages are stagnant and there's no, there's nothing inspiring about showing up to work at some of these jobs, right? Mm-hmm. But I was at the Whole Foods the other day down the road, you know, the, the Amazon automated one, the robot one where they, they take camera footage of you every step of the way. <laughs> yeah. And I go into the wine section and you know, there's always someone camped out at the wine section. Just to check your age and all yeah, that. Yeah, and I've gotten carded, which is flattering at this age, right? So that's nice. But I was in there the other day and I asked the wine attendant, I said, is there a discount for buying, you know, multiple bottles of wine? It's a fair question. It's a fair question. Because Ralph's, you know, has a 30% discount if if you buy buy six, six, right? Mm -hmm. And she said, what do you mean? (laughs) I said, well, I mean. What I just asked you. (laughs) Do I get a discounted price on this wine if I buy multiple bottles? And she sighs heavily. (laughs) And she says, I want to say yes, but I also want to say no. What? <laughs> what she's oh got, is, she, is she giving her like personal view uh, yeah. of this or, or on I, behalf of the company? 
I don't know. I she was she was just phoning it in, and I was like, I you know, I started to get red. I started to get that like the anger sweats, you know, that just come from from the pits. And- <laughs> will I get a deal? Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. <laughs> like why? Like don't be coy with me, lady. I just want to buy some yeah. wine and I want some information. She's and then finally she was just like, well, you'll. I think you'll just have to ask somebody up front. And and I'm thinking like no, but you're here. <laughs> you're, the, the you're the wine section. specialist. You're the wine person. And so while I'm talking to her, I just got up. You know, I Googled on my phone Whole Foods discount multiple bottles of wine, mm-hmm. and I got the answer right away. <laughs> she could have done that. What was the answer straight away? It's it's only ten percent. So it's you know, still ten percent. Still ten. It's still it is. It is. That's what I mean. That's probably what the doctor did when he told you to eat cheese. Just Googled it on his phone. <laughs> Yeah, tell him to eat cheese. <laughs> also, that little story there would slip nicely into unhelpful employee as well. Absolutely. So, any more grinds for us? So, <laughs> go on. You're gonna laugh. Give us one more to play with. Yeah, one more to play with. Um, our son's at a new school, mm-hmm. and we're meeting, you know, new kids, or whatever. And the kids are just by default calling us Pete and Kelly. Ah. ah. And you know we we come from traditional. We're not, we're tr- yes, you know, and you know I like to be a hip young LA dad, but I like the the hierarchy and I like a little bit of level of respect. I mean, I grew up in the South. Kelly grew up in Minnesota, sort of traditional. You know, we said yes, ma'am, yes, sir. You know, when I go back there, all my friends' kids call me sir. And your kids call us Mister and Mrs. Gear, which I think mm-hmm. so adorable. Well, it's it's a level of respect, right? Like, and and I don't know this snarky sixth grader who's like, "Hey, Pete." I'm like, I'm not your buddy, man. <laughs> like, I'm. I get that. You know, if you can't pronounce my last name, you can say Mister C. That's fine. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You still be cool but respectful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked up Freddie from school yesterday, and he's with his pal Billy, and we're great friends with their parents. Billy knows my name, right? He should right. know my name. It's been years. Well, it's the same as his dad's And as it's well. the same name <laughs> as his dad's name. But yeah. he called me Freddy's dad. <laughs> <laughs> he said, can I have a drink, please, what? Freddy's dad? Well, is that acceptable? I, like, I, don't, I don't know whether I mean, that, that works. Is that more polite than Chris? That is more polite. I mean, I think it depends on the relationship. Like, if we ha- if we have adult friends who have young children who've been friends since... You know, before our kids were born, we we'll have to have a word with Fred's because I think he calls you Pete and Kelly. <laughs> he does, so that's why I was hesitating a little. It's okay with Fred. It's uh, you know. I know, you know, we, we're not from the south. You know, um, I, I like a little respect. I think I've earned it. I think you have as well. Oh, that was a brilliant <laughs> section of what grinds Pete's gears. Well done, Pete. Thank you. So, Pete, having you on the show. <laughs> Uh, this is about the 15th take that I'm doing of this. This is why Jen's laughing in the background. Is It's highlighting how bad I'm going to be at this bit. Because in this next section, mm-hmm. what we're going to do is an improvised story. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll keep it short. It's not going to yeah. be a full-on tale. It's not going to be full-on one more story like the episodes that Pete produces. Right. But we're going to do a mini version of, and it may be slightly more comic. But it will be a bedtime story for adults. So therefore oh, okay. a little bit cheekier. 
All right. A little bit cheeky. All right. All right. I'm not talking like an X-rated no. thingy. I'm just no. saying. All right. Pete should start. Pete should start. And the, we've got to pick a word, though. We'll give we'll him a pick word. A, we'll pick so a word. So Pete starts. Oh, you'll pick a word. Let's okay. pick a word for Pete. Let's pick a word for Pete. Let's pick a word. Let's pick a word. Let's pick a word for Pete. There you go. There's there's your bloody jingle straight off the bat. There it is. Cheesemonger. Cheesemonger. Do you have cheesemongers in America? Do you have a cheesemonger in America? <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard that it's like a sommelier for cheese, right? Yeah. And I think he's more of a seller of cheese, isn't he? A cheesemonger. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, yeah well, like he's a, a fishmonger would cheese. sell cheese. Uh, fishmonger? Oh, don't, don't. He mongs. Yeah. So you're confusing your your mongers. Yeah. So okay, somebody works in a fish shop. Is that what we're going for? No cheese. Oh, oh no, sorry, cheese right. monger. Sorry, cheese. Did, did you <laughs> cheesy fish, fishy cheese? Bloody hell! Fish and cheese don't go well together. Although, have you ever had the fillet of fish sandwich at uh, McDonald's? They have a slice of cheese on it. There you go. What? No, I haven't ever had the fillet no, of fish in McDonald's. That's possibly the worst thing you could order. Do you order that? No, but as a child, as a observant Catholic mm-hmm. during Lent, who couldn't eat meat on Fridays, I would always get the fillet. So during Lent, fillet of fish, it's a huge seller of course in America. It is. Yeah. I used to do the same when we were at school. We never had any meat on Fridays. Yeah, filet of fish. And okay. on that note, let's roll the jingle. <laughs> and the word is cheesemonger. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there was an old cheesemonger named Nancy. And Nancy became a cheesemonger at a very early age because she had a repugnant body odor of her own. (laughs) And the only way to mask that repugnant body odor was to be surrounded by the stinkiest of stinky, stinky cheeses. And so no one knew when they came to her shop that she reeked of stinking bishop, which is a very obscure, delightful to the taste buds, but repellent to the nose cheese. And then one day, while stinky Nancy, cheesy stinky Nancy, was working at her cheese shop a mysterious old man walked into the shop hello he said my name is Duncan now Duncan didn't look like the kind of guy that usually went into Nancy's cheese shop she looked twice at him she said I've seen you I've seen you somewhere before. Oh my goodness. And then she remembered she'd seen him at church. It was only the bishop himself. What, stinky bishop? Yes. It was the stinky bishop from the town. And he came in and he said, Please could I buy some stinking bishop cheese? 
it was named after me. And Nancy said, yes, of course. But can I ask you why the cheese was named after you? And he said, why do you think? I'm a bishop and I stink. And she said, this is amazing. See, I've had this body odour all my life. And it has branched out into me running this cheese shop. So how did you get the rights to to get the cheese named after you? And and they had a great conversation about marketing and things like that. <laughs> and then on Thursday morning, this happened. Well, since meeting Duncan... Nancy had been wowed by his appearance. Not only was he the most handsome fellow of his age that she had encountered, but he was also suitably smelly enough to be absorbed into her cheese-loving life. (laughs) So on the Thursday, when she was putting out her cheeses in the shop, she heard the shop doorbell ring. She turned around And Duncan was there again. She'd hoped she may see him again one day. And in he came. And he said, Thank you so much for selling me the stinking bishop cheese that I came in for last week. It's it's just been so wonderful to be able to smell and eat my namesake. (laughs) But I have something to share with you. And that is that whilst I have a lot of body odour... I do have a very, very wonderful smelling... (laughs) But I am devoted to God and this relationship could never be. But I am feeling things in my places that I've never felt before. (laughs) And... Would you take me now on top of this loaf of brie, on top of this wheel of parm, of aged parm? Take me now. And she said, but you can't break your, your vow of celibacy. He said, but I'm in love and I smell cheese and I can't <laughs> fight this feeling anymore. I'm going to leave the priesthood and we're going to run away and just live amongst the cheese forever and they embraced and frolicked on top of the parm and without a moment's hesitation there was onion relish everywhere the brie was at this point so hammered into the table that it had got to perfect room temperature and they decided to grab some bread. They spread some brie, a little bit of onion relish that she had behind the counter, and they cheers together to their future. Cheesy union. Cheesy union. So the moral of this story, Pete, is... Follow your nose. (laughs) 
what happens when you try and tell a story with two naughty boys. Well, I don't get to be naughty on my podcast. You don't. So that was funny. That so was remember, funny. if you want a uh, less graphic story, then uh, hit up Pete's podcast, which is called One More Podcast. We have all no, this it's information. No, One More Story. Oh, no, sh- I would like to learn one more interesting thing about Pete Trilella. What is it? I want to hear about his awkward occurrence. Oh, Oh, boy. Roll the jingle. Roll the jingle. I know you've had an awkward occurrence. How did it make you feel? I know you like that slightly awkward occurrence. Awkward occurrences. So you guys know that I'm an extrovert. I like people in general. I like to make conversation. And, you know, when you're in circumstances like the doctor's office, just making general chit chat with the nurses, doctors. So I was at the eye doctor. I think this was last year. I was getting my pressure checked. Do you guys ever get your pressure checked on your eyes? Yes. When they shoot the air into your eye. Well, I have high pressure, so I have to get the pressure checked uh, regularly. So... The nurse, she came in, and I don't ever comment on anyone's bodies if they are if they look like they've lost weight or they look great. Or I won't I won't say anything because inevitably you're implying that there was a problem that needed fixing, right? You're always exactly very <laughs> good. Yeah, it's like, oh, you look great. Well, what was wrong with me? You know, two weeks ago. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and she was a very skinny woman, but she had what appeared to be a baby bump. Like, I really thought... Oh, you didn't go down the when are you due. And, and I, as the words were coming out of my... I wanted to crawl under a rock. Like, we were just making conversation about children, and it just came out. And and I just I had it it, it I I legitimately <gasps> thought she was pregnant like and I never would have I've never said that before in my life it's I would to us never all comment once. it's happened to us all at once it, 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 I really genuinely thought that that she was expecting like it just she looked like a pregnant woman she didn't look like a like someone who had a a good Christmas <laughs> 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 and and. I felt so terrible. And then I had to sit. This was at the very beginning. I had well, to sit. What was, what was the conversation? I want to know what you said and then what she said. Uh, she she said, well, I blacked out a little bit what? at this point because be, just because of pure mortification. And I basically just said, she said, well, I'm not, I'm not expecting. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm such an asshole. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I just kept saying I'm so like, I was like, I... <laughs> I, I wanted to melt, oh, and and, and then I had to sit there as she put the eye drops in, and then put this thing poked me in the eye with with this thing, and I'm like, she's gonna go, she's gonna go all the way to my brain. She's gonna, this is revenge. I deserve it. I completely deserve whatever torture she's gonna put me through right now. I am a complete jerk, and I don't deserve my eyesight. Oh, you poor thing. I, I, you should have said, "I'm I, sorry, I can't see anything right now." <laughs> I, I, sh- I should have, I should have, but like, and I really did not want to hurt this woman's feelings. She was lovely, and I did just because I was trying to make conversation about children, and came off as a complete jerk. 
Pete, that is so awkward. It's so that awkward occurrence. that I think it definitely wins all of the awkward occurrences we've ever come up with. It was with. awful. That is mortifying. And as Jen said, I think we've all done that once. But yeah. to say it and then have the person oh, that you can't get put away. something in your eye <laughs> yeah. is, as you say... Painful. That's mortifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was almost like, you know, the numbing drops were starting to wear off. I'm like, no, yeah, make it hurt. I deserve this. <laughs> so I'm thinking we wrap this up. Should we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up like Christmas is around the corner, Chris. Oh, Christmas is around the corner. And Pete, are you going to do a special One More Story Christmas? I'm I'm, I'm working on that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I want to lay out that month. I'm going to I'm going to lay down that little challenge for you. And of course, I'm here if you need a little Christmas tale once more. I do. And this won't be anything like to do with cheese, bishops, <laughs> nothing. All right? <laughs> so Pete, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. It's lovely to see your lovely face. It's so good to see you guys. One more story can be found on I'm presuming Wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, as they say. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making this transatlantic conversation possible. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And and hopefully I didn't come off as uh, too much of a jerk <laughs> with my uh, unless Unless, of course, that eye doctor is listening and she's like... <laughs> I'm sorry. If she's listening... I'm very sorry. So Christmas is around the corner. We will be back pretty soon as we build up to the most festive time of year. (laughs) So it's going to be a big thank you to Pete and ding dong merrily on bye for now, everyone. Say bye, Pete. Say bye, Pete. Goodbye. I thought that cheesemonger story was pretty excellent, actually. I did bit rude though guys i mean i think i'm going to hell for that one but that's what i was gonna say about duncan was when he said i have a very nice smelling and you said i was gonna say no i I meant you could smell well but i but that hadn't got to that point and then you came in and it was funny so i just let just let it go way to get dirty yeah that's what we do i hope this isn't gonna sully my brand of children's stories (laughs) 